Cryptozoology Files. Welcome back, guys. Hey. It's Clayton and, and Kitsy, and we're here with our second episode of Oddity Files. The podcast. Dum, bum, bum. Screech. Cricket, <laughs> cricket. Yeah, so we actually did a lot of uh, talking after our last one about how much fun we had doing it and how much we learned. And it's it's such a like a breath of fresh air to do something like this and just tell a story and not have to sit in the dark for 23 hours. 23 and... hours in the, the bald-ass heat or the frigid cold. And just hope that something happens so that you can tell a story. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different animal. And whole I'm kind of loving it. We can actually be prepared, which, you know, we're not going to say whether we're prepared or not. But we got stories. You got stories? I got stories. You got stories? Do you got stories? Yeah. I actually, the one that I picked... I am so excited about because it's something that um, it don't, involves don't something that I'm, I'm not. Just, we have to have Siri flip a coin. I know because okay. it involves something that I'm very interested in in general, just to a you know a broad, you know, without saying too much. And somehow I had never heard of it, so I'm excited about mine. Yay! I I think mine I had heard a little bit about, but not everything. So. I see. So, do we, uh, first of all, we are the Oddity Files crew. Yes. You should follow us on all the social thingamabobbers, like Instagram, at Oddity Files, Twitter, at Oddity Files, Facebook, slash Oddity Files, or just head over to our website, OddityFiles.com, or you're missing out if you're not watching us on Amazon Prime. You are. <laughs> 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 I didn't know if there was if there was more. Yeah, it kind of sounded like I left it open for more, but there wasn't <laughs> anything else. Oh, so yeah, episode two. I'm 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 super stoked, and you know the feedback's been great. It has been. You can't ask for more than that, especially We've... this early on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because and... we started this as just an idea, like anything, and basically for us to just do it for fun. Um, and because we have so much time, we have so much time and <laughs> just, you know, to hear that people are, are not only listening, but listening and enjoying it's, it's exciting. Exactly. And you know, it gives us an excuse to drink wine together. It does. So we've got a nice, uh, red that was aged in a bourbon barrel. I'm not giving any names because they should sponsor us. Yeah. And then they, they can want. have ad space. There we go. There you go. Advertise with us. Oddity files crew at Gmail. <laughs> Uh, so anything exciting happened with you this week? Um, you know, not too much. Just a regular a regular week in the life of Clayton. Yeah. Um, We've got a couple weeks off, which has been nice. It has been nice. So Those that don't know, our day job is we take photos of celebrities at Comic-Cons and horror conventions. So we work hard for the money. Yes, we do. Um, so yeah, we can just, hunt it, ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> it's been nice to uh, be at home, play with the dogs. That sort of thing. I recently... New puppy. Yeah. I um, Actually, my boyfriend and I, we adopted a, a Great Dane puppy. 
And what's his name? His name's Kylo. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Because he's a black. He's an all black. Great Dane. Great Dane. You know. He's our Scooby Doo clean. <laughs> he is our Scooby Doo. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's great. So you know, getting he's him so acclimated sweet. to the house and and Coda, the the six year old boxer mastiff, they're already. Best friends, I think. Are they? Because last time I was over, Kylo you know. definitely loves Coda more than Coda loves. Yeah, Coda's not. Coda's not having it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like my dogs when we had Trixie. We, I have two mastiffs. I know it's it's my house smells terrible and it's covered in slobber. But um, when we brought Tasha in, uh, Trixie was, and here we are two and a half years later, and she's still not having it. So, you know. We're dog lovers, 110%. We have a Scooby-Doo, finally. 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 And he's so freaking cute. He is so cute. Yeah. So goofy. I have been getting new floors put in my house, and it's, I hate it. It's absolutely awful, and I can't wait till it's done, and that's all I'm saying about it. What was I thinking? I don't even know. It'll be worth it in the end. It will be. But now the quandary is, do I get... The studio, do I get hardwood floors here in the studio? Will we sound more echoey? This is a legit concern because the next step is to do the upstairs. I don't know. I think it would be echoey. It probably would be echoey if it was all a hard surface. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to get like some antique rugs that have spirits attached or to them. Or we can just get like, you know, the sound cushions put on the ceiling. I think we have enough foam from all the Pelican we cases. Absolutely we can just have staple foam. it to the walls. But next step is redecorating the studio, which it's going to have like a haunted mansion feel to it. It's, I mean, it's got, I mean, I've got a, a, a candle burning with that is the death card from the tarot. But death is a good thing. Death means new beginnings. And we're working on Oddity Files, the podcast. So that's a new beginning for us. And, but I, I want a place to, display my zillion Ouija boards and you know all my other obsessions aside from you know my Princess Leia and my bottle of embalming fluid that I have sitting here next to me okay so um flip a coin I'll flip be, a coin I'll be tails this time because Siri, Siri loves tails. she loves the ass hey Siri heads or tails tails she really is an she, And I said heads or tails this time. I didn't say flip a coin. I was trying to throw oh. her off. So, Look at you being all sly. Trying to. Well, I'm, I'm kind of stoked about my subject. It is the Knickerbocker Hotel in Los Angeles, California. It is on the 1700 block of Ivar Avenue in Hollywood. And it's been there forever and ever. Um, the building is now a senior living facility, but back in its heyday, it was the place to be. It was built as an apartment building in 1925 and then became a very fancy hotel. They would be drinking red wine like we are out of knocking point glasses. Nice little plug for Stephen Amell there. Um, Rudolph Valentino is now said to haunt the bar, which is funny because in the Money Magazine investigation we recently did, Rudolph Valentino was supposed to be haunting That's there as right. well. But it does go on to say um, in the one of the articles I was reading on this that he's said to haunt several places all over the 
don't know if it's world or country or whatever. But he is a very, very busy man in the afterlife. Um, Marilyn Monroe supposedly hangs out in the ladies' room, and there are lots of assorted other sightings. Um, and there are plenty of other fodder. Director D.W. Griffith died in the lobby. Actress Frances Farmer was arrested in the hotel room, I mean, in the hotel lobby on her way to an insane asylum. Oh. Yeah. Um, I believe she was a casting agent back in, like, Hollywood's heyday. Probably should have written that down, but I did not. Um, Room 1006 is said to have been the place Elvis Presley stayed while filming Love, Love Me Tender, but today it's said to be the hub of paranormal activity. Whoa. Now, that's what this one article said. Sure. I, I Googled uh, Suite 1016 in the Knickerbocker Hotel and couldn't find anything on it other than Elvis stayed there. Um, some of the deaths on record that happened at the Knickerbocker, like I said, in July 23rd, 1949, filmmaker D.W. Griffith died of a cerebral hemorrhage after being discovered unconscious in the lobby of the hotel. Okay. Nothing like dying in front of everybody. Everyone. Everyone. Ugh. Um, in 1962, celebrated Hollywood costume designer Irene Lentz, who was allegedly having an affair with Gary Cooper, the actor. And if you're too young to know who any of these people are, Google them. They're actually super duper famous. Um, she committed suicide by jumping from her 11th floor room window what yeah after the news of gary cooper's death so she was having an affair with gary right she was with somebody else and committed suicide because her she found out yes um she rented a room at the knickerbocker she drank an entire bottle of vodka you go girl that's a lot of vodka. A lot. <laughs> maybe bottles were smaller back then 1962 um and and then she slit her wrists but um when slitting her wrists didn't work fast enough because she couldn't wait to see gary again i I shouldn't be cracking jokes right now but you know um she decided to jump out the 11th story window landing on the overhang above the entry i i actually went to thesaurus.com what are those overhangs called awnings Awning, but it's not like fabric. It's just like a, a piece that comes. I know over. What you're talking about. Yeah, I guess it like sits over like a valet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. It was over the the lobby stairs, um, and sources say she was there five days before her body was discovered. On the on, on the, the top overhang. of that yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, ew. Nobody smelled that. No one heard a body slam into that or, from eleven stories up. Did she not scream? No. I, she was ready to go. Yeah. I, yeah. So. She's also bleeding everywhere. Because she's let her rest. Right. I forgot about that. So it's raining blood. <laughs> it's raining blood everywhere. And everyone's like. She's falling from the sky. Oh, it's the L.A. smog. <laughs> oh, and there had to be a loud boom. Okay. No, it's like in front of the lobby stairs. I, this this overhang. Nobody heard the slam of the. And rumors say, I don't know if they're true or not, but it's still the same overhang that's there. And there was like an indentation where she landed. I was literally just there, what, a week and a half ago? Yeah. Had 
I should have told you this story before then. Okay. You had to check it out, climb we'll up back. on that thing, to, to, you know, you and your parkour. Is that how you get up there? I don't sure. Know. <laughs> Just ask. <laughs> but the hotel's big claim to paranormal fame happened between 1926 and 1936, every year on Harry Houdini's birthday. His widow would hold a seance on the roof of the hotel and try to communicate with her dead husband, who was a non-believer in the paranormal. This was huge news about Houdini, and and I'll get into it a little bit more, mm -hmm. but he was, there was no way he was believing in the paranormal Whoa. in any way, shape, or form. He was like on a mission to prove that it was Debunk bullshit. it, right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in the 20s, after the death of his mother and contacting several self-claimed psychic mediums, Houdini began focusing his energy on these same psychics and mediums. He began investigating their methods and claims and later became a self-appointed crusader against them. Wow. Now, the articles I read didn't say why he was so dead set against them, but I think I'd seen on like a Mysteries at the Museum or something where after his mother died, he went to a few psychic mediums and as they were doing their readings and because back in the day, you know, it was all about the seances and, and moving stuff and, and things like that happening. I think he caught somebody faking it. <clears throat> so that was, he's Which, like, as a magician, he would know if anybody's right. going to know how to make things look magical and, right. and psychic and things right. like that, it would be the world's most but for someone magician. who's wanting people to believe that his magic is real but did he i don't know, I don't know. Was... do magicians want people to believe that magic is real i kind of feel or like is it more of the how did they do that, that i think it's more people? of a yeah i okay. i think that's the case i'm not a magician same so i don't know if there are any magicians out there if you could email us at right. oddity files crew at gmail and tell us all your secrets anyway Continue, sorry. appreciate it. Um, where did I leave off? Okay, so he became a self-appointed crusader against them. He knew he could duplicate their methods on stage. So, yeah. Whoa. He's cool. admitting that. Um, and it was not long before his efforts to reach his mother became secondary and his need to expose these frauds became his life passion. During personal appearances, Houdini would project slides of various mediums and denounce their supposed supernatural abilities. He'd also answer questions about false mediums in their various newspapers throughout the country. Though he continued to perform, Houdini spent most of his time focused on exposing what he called the vultures who prey on the bereaved. Whoa. It's insane. And again, I'm a huge Mysteries at the Museum geek. Mm -hmm. I've pretty much seen every episode. Seances were the thing to do back then. I mean, that's when the Ouija board came to be, and everybody was all about the spiritual world and how to contact the dead. Houdini offered a 10000 reward to anyone who could exhibit supernatural phenomena that he could not recreate. That's a lot of money back then. Right. Um, right before his death, he did let his wife know. So I, you'll understand why, but I think he still really wanted to believe. 
Um, right before his death, he let his wife know that if there was any way to communicate after death, that he would. And they came up with a word only the two of them That's crazy. would validate that it, and so she could validate that it was him, which we we have a word and I've already forgotten it. No, we said we should have a word. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a word with a gentleman on Twitter who is an oddity files man oh. phrase. Um, and I'm hoping on one of our investigations, because I don't use the equipment at home anymore, um, that it'll come across and Ooh. I'll be able I would freak the fuck out. Me too. Um, okay. So not long after his death, the Houdini seances began on the roof of the Knickerbocker Hotel every Halloween night. And Bess, his wife, was now offering $10,000 to every, to anyone who could help her contact her husband. Which, oh my God, how sad. Right. But I wish he would have gone, she would have gone first. So it would have proven to him. Right. Anyways, continue. He would have lost his shit. I know. He would have made it another excuse. Um, in 1928, a man named Arthur Ford announced that he had received a message from Houdini himself. Oh, gosh. After reviewing the be- the message, Bess Houdini validated no the way. message as the one that was indeed... They had, like, this... this co- You know, like, in A Christmas Story, the, the code thing that mm-hmm. he had to do to drink more Ovaltine. Well, they had something like that. What are those things called? I can't think of what it's called. Yeah, it's very Da Vinci Code. Um, but she had one of those things and oh, I lost my place. To validate the message as the one that indeed was the code word she shared between her and her husband. The word was believe and a nine digit code would have to be used to decipher the word believe. Huh. So, unless this dude knew all the yep. tricks and ponies and everything to get the word believe, because it was coded. The, right. The, the, the message he received was coded, and she had to decode it. I, it doesn't get more legit than that to me. I, it never said whether he got the $10,000. I really hope he did. Or whether... The message was received at one of these seances or not. Um, Bess did continue to hold the seances to contact her husband. Of course, after you get that first bit of evidence, I, I mean, would be obsessed. Right. But the last official seance was held on October 31st, 1936. This final seance was covered by radio and broadcast all over the world. There are pictures on it. I'll post it on the Instagram at Oddity Files. Um... <clears throat> let's see it was covered by broadcast news the medium called out to Harry to make himself known however after over an hour nothing occurred been there done that and Mrs. Houdini decided to turn the light off on her attempts to contact Harry as the seance came to an end this is really freaky a violent storm broke out full of thunder and lightning and drenching everyone on the roof the participants would later learn that this storm didn't occur anywhere else in the area except over the seance location i've got goosebumps just thinking about it what i know it's kind of nuts it's absolutely nuts 
I think it was Houdini saying, "Okay, we're done. Let's let's go out with a boom." Literally. <laughs> Literally. Um, while Houdini, while Houdini's ghost has never been reported as being seen at the Knickerbockers, plenty of others have. Have my Chicago's coming out? The ghost of Valentino. Like I said, this guy shows up everywhere. Occasionally has been reported along with the ghost of Marilyn Monroe. Say that. Marilyn Monroe, who has been seen in the women's restroom. I guess Marilyn had spent her honeymoon there with Joe DiMaggio. Um, she shows up in the women's restroom and people leave the women's ladies' room screaming. Other anonymous spirits sometimes show up as well as as well as and staff members are quick to recall instances of lights turning on and off things moving about on their own and even after all these years the knickerbocker remains a glamorous and often mysterious place but here's the kicker you can't investigate of course not it's a retirement home right they don't even let people hang out in the lobby that's so crazy i know i just want to go to the roof i know Right? Yeah. I'm pulling up a picture of this place. Um, it's still in great shape. Oh, I'm sure. When I had originally sure beautiful. looked up this hotel, I thought it was a different hotel that's a little seedier that I had heard things about, which I'm sure one of us will end up doing a story on the Cecil at some point. A retirement home? It is. With like a... It has a hair salon downstairs. Oh, and gosh. And like a dry cleaners uh, where like the bar used to be. So you check it out. We'll it's post, in L.A.? It's in L.A. We'll post photos of it on our Instagram. I did find photos of one of the seances happening and a picture of Harry Houdini. But that's always, that story of Harry Houdini has always kind of stuck with me. So it was neat to find out that this place that wasn't what I thought it was had this story attached to it. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely crazy. I love it. That's I had, the name Knickerbocker. It's just fun to say. What's crazy, in high school, I did a, a project over Harry Houdini um, because I was intrigued. And I never heard any of that. Or yeah. Found any of that. Granted, I was doing more on like his, you know. His magic. And his, his magic and his career. But yeah. um, that's wild. But that's, I mean, it like drove, it sounds like it drove him nuts. Yeah, I really wish... I really wish he would have gone first. Or she would have gone, she would have gone first. So she, yeah, so he could have been a believer. Yeah. But the fact that he reached out to her. Yes. He, well, but I mean, he knows there's an afterlife because he's in the afterlife. Right. So, I don't know. Cool story. Fun time. Very cool story. Okay, so like I said, mine this week is... I'm so excited. It's so crazy. And it's not like really long or really like in depth and in detail, but I just never heard of it. And that alone, once once I tell you about it, I feel like you're going to be, going to be equally surprised that I've never heard of it. Okay. So. Are, are we going to run wagers on whether I've heard of it or not? No, I'm just kidding. You haven't. Really? Oh, now I'm super intrigued. So. December 29th, 1972, Holiday Travelers Board, Eastern Airline Flight 401. Okay. Have you heard of it? Where, uh, uh, I watch a lot of mysteries at the museum. Go ahead. So, 
Um, a little backstory on Eastern Airlines. They were one of the first airlines to invest in the jumbo jet. Okay. Um, and they really, um, they really invested in the, the Lockheed TriStar or the L-1011s um, because they were just the first, like, jumbo jet. You okay. Know. Those numbers mean nothing to me, but okay. Sure. <laughs> um, so Eastern Airline Flight 401 was a flight from JFK to Miami. Um, was given permission to take off at 9.20 p.m. What's that? I haven't heard of this. Okay. So it was given permission to take off at 9.20 p.m. Um, flight 401 had a veteran flight crew, including Captain Robert Loft, one of Eastern's top pilots with 30, 32 years of experience and over 29,000 flight hours, as well as seasoned engineer Donald Repo. So upon, uh, upon approach to Miami, they put their landing gear down, but the landing gear indicator light doesn't illuminate. So obviously they needed to figure out what the problem was. Um, so they turn on autopilot to circle the the airport mm-hmm. while they figure out what was going on. And it's night, so it's difficult to even, like, radio down and be like, is our gear down or no? Oh, um, yeah. I didn't even think about that. So um, it's thought or speculated that one of, the pilot, one of the pilots accidentally bumped the steering column, disengaging the autopilot. So they began oh, a very... Oh, shit. No. They be- began a very slow and gradual descent... And there goes your mic. That's okay. I'll just hold it right okay. here. Sorry. You're good. Um, they began a very slow and gradual descent. Um, but again, it being night, they don't notice. Um, I was going to ask, did they even know this was happening? No, no idea. Because they're they're more concerned about the landing gear, what's going on with the landing gear. Right. No, I get it. So um, they go to bank the plane to return to Miami International. The wing hits the ground. <gasps> No. Swear. Eastern Flight 401 crashes into the Florida Everglades at 11.43 p.m., 18 miles away from the airport. Oh, God. 101 people died, <gasps> including the, pi- the pilot and the engineer. What's even crazier is that 75 people survived. Oh, my gosh. Right. So. Thank God it was a slow descent. So those people could survive. But, right. oh, my God. But how often do you hear of a plane crash where people survive? Anyways. Ever. So months later, Eastern Airlines resumes regular operation until two flight attendants and a captain all see a pilot in uniform sitting in a seat as they were preparing for takeoff. <gasps> no. So they they pull the manifest no. and the seat is supposed to be empty. Right, 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 right. Okay, so they recognize this man. They all recognize him as Captain Robert Loft, the same pilot that died months earlier. Mm-mm, no. Flight 401. Um, suddenly... The strange but familiar um, spirit disappeared before their eyes. All three of them saw this. And and who saw it? The pilot and the... two flight attendants and a pilot. Oh shit! Um, the flight crew was so upset that the flight was canceled. Of course it was. Can you imagine being on a flight and then being like, "Um, we're not gonna leave. We saw a ghost." Okay, so yeah, How, why? Why is he on this airplane? So, um, the flight was canceled. Whatever. Later, different flight, Eastern flight attendant Faye Merriweather was preparing for a flight when she saw a uniformed man in the galley of the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, she called two of her crew members to confront the unknown man because, again, they were getting ready for takeoff, and they're like, who's this man wandering around? Right. Um, and one of the crew members that she called was the engineer who immediately recognized him it no. was it was his old friend 
the now deceased engineer of Flight 401, Donald Repo. Like, and this is a look, different plane? Different plane. No. Yeah. So over the next few years, several Eastern Airways employees report seeing the pilot as well as the engineer from Flight 401. On all different planes. All on different planes. So now, years later, there is, this is insane, the, the sightings for the captain and the engineer were only seen on L-1011s that had been repaired using spare parts from Eastern Flight 401. Yeah. So they took the plane that crashed. Because it didn't, like, explode and crash. It was just, like, a violent crash. 101 people died. But several parts were salvageable. And so they had been using them to repair. Literally every sighting was... Was on a plane. On using spare parts from Eastern Flight 401. So these spirits were attached to these parts. So Eastern Airlines never publicly... Like denied or said their flights were haunted, but they put out like a corporate executive order to remove all reused parts from Flight 401. Coincidentally, all ghost sightings stopped. No, swear. Oh my god, crazy, insane. I have no idea how I never heard of it. And like, oh, my, multiple, first and foremost, we fly a lot. We fly a lot. I've never seen a ghost on an airplane. Never. That I know of. But like, it's so crazy. That's insane. Maybe they were trying to warn these people about something. Well, another crazy, one of the, um, one of the, the other sightings, the person said that when he saw the pilot, the spirit pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he said something along the lines of there will never be an L-1011 crash ever again. The the ghost pilot said that. Apparently. But that one was a little outlandish. But. But was there? No. Oh. Crazy. Oh my. I know. God. Well, and the fact that. Two Talk about a guardian angel. But like the fact that two flight attendants. And a pilot, like, you know that all three of them are, like, sober, conscious, like... It's all business. And then so, see him disappear before their uh-uh. eyes. Oh, I can't even imagine. And then for, on another flight, this engineer who was friends with this other engineer... So knew, ex- knew that it was face, him. Yeah. Knew 100% without a doubt it was him. And oh my God. each time there was a sighting... That plane that the sighting happened on had been repaired using salvage parts from Flight 401. And it's nuts that you haven't heard this. I know. With all the airline... I love airplanes. ...everything in, in, in your family and right. you want to be a pilot and... It's wow. so crazy. So crazy. Oh, that's crazy. insane. I know. Well, and I'll... Um, we'll post pictures of what, like, the pilot and the engineer look like. Um, because they kind of just look like they should be ghosts anyways. <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> But yeah, it's so crazy. So, oh, that's so crazy. awesome, though. Yeah. You know, doing what we do, how how do they become attached to like a certain? It's, well, and first and foremost, everything's usually pretty small. But an entire plane you get attached to, right? And you can be on all the. How does it? I want to know how it all works. I don't know how it works. Who knows? But that's a great story, Clayton. I, I know, love and like that. I said, it's not like long. There's not really like too much detail or depth 
to it, but like. And it was in the seventies, you said. Uh, nineteen seventy-two is when the the crash happened. Wow, that's nuts! I love that story so much. We did get an email. Oh, we did. Yeah. Nice. It's. Let me see where it's from. It's from Marlene. Marlene says, I'm going to read it as Marlene wrote it. So she said, my mom and stepfather's house was built in 1936. They inherited it from her stepfather's dad who killed himself on the anniversary of his wife's death by shooting himself in the chest. Ow. Sad and ow. This was the second suicide in the house. This is how she grew up in. Um, the previous owner had hung himself in the garage in the late 50s. Um, actually, I'm not going to read it as she wrote it. I'm reading it as mm-hmm. I'm telling the story. <laughs> you may have noticed that. Um, they moved into the house in 1980. She was 15. After moving in, she began seeing a gray mist. More solid. Sometimes it'd be low to the ground. Sometimes it'd be high off the ground. She'd see it in the hallway, living room, and in the doorway to her bedroom. She had a gray cat at the time, so she just kind of brushed it off as it was the cat, you know, as we do when we're children, or sometimes I still do. Um, After about a year or so, she mentioned it to her mom, and she was like, oh my God, I've been seeing seeing the same thing. Very cool. They started telling each other about what they were seeing um, and said that her stepfather's mother used to see something too, but didn't like to talk about it because people would think she was crazy. I wouldn't. I totally believe you. <laughs> uh, the great thing was especially the great thing especially liked standing in the doorway to her bedroom and watched her all the time. Whoa. She was never afraid of it, although her cat was. Hmm. Interesting. The cat never hung out in the path of the gray mist, and many times would stare at something she couldn't see. Finally, one day, um, her mom contacted a local psychic. Her name was Sylvia Brown. I swear to God, I've heard that name. Was she on, like, the Montel show? You're too young. I've heard the name before. I can see her. I can hear her voice. She has a deeper voice than I do. Um, Sylvia came to their house with three other psychics. They walked through the house, and Sylvia said that there was a spirit of a little girl who was looking for her family. She didn't die in the house, but was drawn to their family. Which is a scary thought. Yeah. There, that ghosts can just like wander into your house because they like you. I right. have a hard time with that. Um, anyway, uh, she told us the little girl would travel a path from the front door through the living room down the hallway to her bedroom door and she liked to watch her. She said the little girl didn't want to go into the light because she was scared and wanted to find her mother first. Sylvia then had them form a circle in the living room and she then made a circle with holy water and proceeded to communicate through her spirit guide to move the girl to the other side. The little girl was scared and Sylvia told her that if she didn't like it, she can always come right back and everybody would be there for her, which I like that she did that. I don't know if she could have. Right. I don't understand how all this works, but it's neat. After some convincing, the little girl went into the light and she was reunited with her family. The energy completely shifted in the house and it felt empty. And both her and her mother started crying, which is kind of a beautiful story. The next day, 
Marlene was sitting in her room reading and she looked up and there was a woman standing in front of her with a long dress and a long apron. No. Yes. We just stared at each other for a minute and then she disappeared. I have goosebumps right now. She said she was sure it was the mother of the little girl. I'm going to cry. Thanking her for reuniting her and her daughter. And then Sylvia, the psychic medium, later confirmed this. Is that not a beautiful story? I I know. It's a beautiful story. That's super cool. Marlene, that's so great. Thank you, Marlene. You know, it's so crazy that myself as a skeptic with things like um, apparitions, just because I've never seen one. I know you've only seen one. Oh, I've seen you be freaked out by things you've seen, but not like a full-on, this is a ghost wearing this. I always say like a colonial woman walking down a hallway. Exactly. Right. I've seen like shadow figures or silhouettes, but never a woman with long hair. Like, you know. Right. And you hear stories from credible sources. Very credible. Saying that exact thing. And it's like, how do you... I've seen one. Right, I, I, I could tell. I, it was a little girl at Fairy Plantation. And I described her to the ladies that were there. And they pulled out a picture of what everybody sees there. And it was the same little girl I it's saw. It's like one of those things, I want to see an apparition. But at the same time, it's like... You don't. You don't. I know. No, I get it. But this... I, still, there's no proof that I saw this right. This little girl. And it kills me right. that there's no proof. But, I mean, it was, when I saw her, it was very, I wasn't scared. I wanted to go find her and, and Learn you know, more. like I do, I chase after them all Learn the time. More. But right. she peeked around the corner and she smiled at me. And I was like. No. No, it, it was a kid. sweet, lovely little smile. Like, I'm sure it is. I see you peekaboo kind of thing. Until she possesses you. I can't say I don't believe in possession anymore because a story for another time, we may or may not have witnessed one. But but... point being is that people who have nothing to do with the industry that we are in, in terms of the paranormal, have these, you know, these sightings and these experiences that... They can't explain. And you watch them tell us this story and they're... I mean, they're dead serious. And we have a lot of people tell us a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I hope you do see an apparition someday. Oh, eventually. Yeah. So maybe someday we'll go back to Fairy. Yeah. Maybe I can see Houdini. Oh. Do you think he's still trying to make contact? No. No. <laughs> Just a matter of fact, no. 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 He, Why I would mean, he? he didn't believe it in, in the first place. So he's probably going to be like, I'm not going to aid these people's <laughs> beliefs, even though obviously I became part of it. Yeah. Uh, Houdini. You know, I want to see Houdini. an airplane ghost. I do. And I'm wondering if maybe we have and we wouldn't even know. Because the way they they described seeing these oh, people, it's like they were sitting there in that chair. Right. When I saw the only ghost I've ever know that I've seen, I knew it was a ghost. It mm-hmm. was gray. It was transparent. But, I mean, how many ghosts do we see in our everyday... I mean, we see hundreds and thousands of people every year. Yeah. There's no way to Maybe make. it's a... How many Ghost Walking Dead fans are there that no. show up at the Walker Stalker events? No way to know. None. 
maybe we've taken photos of them. <laughs> Would we even know? I don't know. Why didn't this photo come out? Who knows? <gasps> we've had that happen before. Mom, the photo didn't come over, but I took it. It's right. not. A, it literally has happened before. That I know. Hmm. Good Just for that. Good stories again. Good stories. Great job, Clayton. Yeah. We're kind of killing it. Um, I am a person who is needs reassurance all the time, whether it comes from myself or not. But check us out on all of our social media sites. But most importantly, check us out on Amazon Prime. Absolutely. Add Oddity Files to your watch list. We're Oddity Files on everything. The Insta Snap, the Twitter, the Twatter, and the Facebook. And um, uh, we want to hear more of your stories. This story was great. That was had a great. happy it ending. Was so good. We both got goosebumps. And you can send us your stories to oddityfilescrew at gmail. Until then, we need a tagline. We do need a tagline or a hashtag. I was just thinking, like, what are, what's a, what's going to be? Tweet. But us. I feel like I don't want to like. Yeah, tweet us if you have ideas. Or I feel like it's we're going to say something in one of these early episodes, and then we're going to be like, that's it. You know what I mean? It's like totally one of us go is going to say line. something and then we're like, that's going to be our tagline. Yeah. So I don't want to like fabricate it too much or like be like, here's our tagline. And then we always have to say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I would do. But you know, <laughs> whatever. Hey, guys, have a great week. We'll catch you next time.